Shalom, and thank you for listening to Beit Zaid Messages. If you enjoy this teaching, consider joining us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. at 465 Lee Highway in Verona, Virginia, for our morning Shabbat services. Or watch the service live stream on YouTube, Facebook, or on our website at BeitZaid.org/live. May the Father bless you richly through the hearing of His word. Before I get started, too, um, yet. You have to go back to like uh, back to school time as, as a child. You remember going shopping with your with your mom or your dad uh, for, for an outfit, you know. And and of course, you know everything they have on the shelf is for like late fall and winter, right? But then the first day of school happens, and and, and you're like, I want to wear some of those new those new threads. You know, they were really nice nice outfits that mom got me or dad got me. You know, uh, I kind of feel like that this morning, like like you know. Uh, early fall, you're back to school, and, and you're in the clothing that your, your parents got for you, and you, then you realize by like afternoon sometime that you're overdressed, and you're sweating bullets underneath everything. I, I, you, remember, you remember that? Where you're, you're wearing your winter clothes in early fall at school, and you're like, it's just too much, too much clothing to be ha- you know, playing out on the... Anyway, just, just wanted... Maybe I'm the only one, but anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah, I was, that, was, that was my icebreaker that I came up with, so it's all downhill from here. No. <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's pray because we obviously need some help, uh, or at least I do. Alvinu Malkinu, our Father, our King, we delight so much in your Shabbat. We thank you uh, for what you're doing here uh, amongst your people, and uh, in, in, uh, in your presence is fullness of joy. I thank you that um, this, this uh, shalom and this peace is something that we can uh, participate in and experience here on a, on a sh- Sabbath morning, but also uh, we can take it into the rest of our week and enjoy it sometimes uh, throughout the week, and we glorify you and praise you for all the good things that you give. You're a good God in Yeshua's name, and somebody said, amen. amen. Well, I have four people with me this morning. I thought we'd increase that because it's usually three that I say, and now I have four. Anyway, uh, I've got two parts this morning. You know, usually usually you go to a Baptist uh, church, and they have three points and a prayer, and then you can beat everybody to the the buffet, right? But... uh, We've got two this morning, and uh, don't try to beat me to the own egg table because it's just impossible to do. <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, part one is the mitzvah of gratitude, and it's, of course, uh, on our weekly Torah portion, which is a kev. Uh, but in Judaism, we have the practice of giving thanks after each meal, not before each meal, right? And this is called berkat hazon, or grace after meals. And this practice is derived from the passage in our Torah portion that gives the instruction to thank the Lord after eating. Slide 2 says, And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Deuteronomy 8.10. And again, look at the order that, that everything comes up in that scripture. It's, it's talking about eating and being full and then blessing the Lord your God. And so that's where they get that, the blessing after meal, the grace after meal, right? But, is it, uh, but isn't it only natural for a person to give thanks for what they've received? You know, why do we need a commandment to require this of us? Let's look at an example from the apostolic scriptures that will bring us some clarification. Next slide. Uh, this is actually uh, going to be a long run there, guys. Luke 17, 12 through 19. Uh, stay with me. It says, And as he, Yeshua, entered a village, uh, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices and said, Yeshua, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. 
I could preach on this right here because that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you, when you receive your healing, uh, you're supposed to go and show yourself to the priest. But I'm going to keep trying to stay moving here. It says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Yeshua's feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Uh, then said Yeshua, were not ten cleansed? This is, you know, Yeshua's doing some, some serious math right here, right? Were not ten cleansed? Minus one. Where are the nine, right? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the for, this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And in this incident, all ten lepers were healed by Yeshua, yet only one returned to thank him. In order to understand why, we need to take a peek into a concept in Hebrew. In Hebrew, the expression for gratitude is hakarat hatov, which literally means recognizing the good. And once we understand this concept, we can find traces of this Semitic expression embedded into our gospel narrative. It says that, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back to praise God and thank Yeshua. Yeshua asked him, were not ten cleansed? Indeed, there were ten cleansed, but only one recognized the good that was done to him. What about the other nine? Uh, they were like the majority of us. If Yeshua had asked them uh, what they would give to be healed, they would probably have given anything in the world. But once they were healed, once they were satisfied... They quickly forgot their desperate need that existed only moments before. This is why we need a commandment that tells us to be grateful and to express that gratitude once we've, been, uh, once we've had our, our needs satisfied. Why, uh, we are a forgetful people, especially when it comes to the blessings poured out on us. Immediately after the... And I'll, and I'll put, put here, listen, that's, um, Jewish folks have it right. You fill your belly at own egg, and then you give thanks, right? The, the Lord comes and heals you, you turn and give thanks. It's, it's the right order, right? When you're filled, return thanks. Now I'm lost, I don't know where I'm at. Immediately after the commandment is given, the Lord explains why we are instructed to give thanks once we've been satiated or satisfied, right? Uh, slide four, take heed lest you forget the Lord your God, by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Oh, I don't have the little uh, in paragraph thing there, sorry. Deuteronomy 8, uh, 11 through 12, and then uh, picking up again in verse 14. Becoming more intentional is a step toward overcoming our human nature of forgetfulness and ungratefulness. Once we begin practicing the mitzvah of gratitude, we will find that we have a more thankful heart. Not only that, but we will be blessed. We will have recognized the good and begun our journey toward a more fulfilling life. So be thankful. Be thankful. When, when God does anything to you, even when you wake up in the morning, Lord, you, you, you know, the, 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 Jewish, the Jewish folks, when you wake up, they, they thank the Father for returning life into their body, to returning breath in, into their lungs and, and, and making them uh, among the living, as it were. So be thankful when good things come.
That was my first point. Part two is the second coming of Torah. Sometimes we wonder why things happen the way they do. Uh, why do things have to go terribly wrong before they can be made right? Why do things have to break before we tend to, uh, we tend to them the way we should have in the first place? And in the, this week's Parsha, we're reminded of this very fact as Moses is recounting to the Israelites the various events leading up to their present situation. He recalls the story of the original giving of the Asaret Hadvarim, or the Ten Sayings, right? Also known as the Ten Commandments. Slide six. Uh, see here, if you're following along, uh, keeping score at home, that's Deuteronomy 10, verses 1 through 5, where it says, At that time the Lord said to me, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood. And I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets that you broke, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood and cut two tablets of stone like the first and went up the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. And he wrote on the tablets in the same writing as before the Ten Commandments that the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain out of the midst, the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. And the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark that I had made. And there they are as the Lord commanded me. God originally met with Moses at the top of Mount Sinai and gave him the commandments on two tablets. But even while Moses was receiving the commandments from the Lord, the children of Israel plunged to one of their lowest spiritual depths. They built the golden calf. When Moses came down the mountain and saw what they had done, his heart sank. Realizing the children of Israel were no longer in the spiritual condition necessary to receive the holy and divine words of the living God, he broke the tablets, making them unreadable. God's original plan for Israel was pushed back, and a new plan was put, in, put into action. It's interesting to note there is his plan was pushed back. It wasn't, it wasn't done away with and replaced with something else. It was just pushed back, and a new plan was put into action. According to the traditional timeline, Moses broke the original tablets on the 17th of Tammuz. A few weeks later, after the situation with the golden calf uh, that was, de was dealt with, and the children of Israel had repented uh, from their waywardness, Moses went up onto the mountain again on the first of Elul. After 40 days, he returned and presented the new set of tablets to Israel on the 10th of Tishrei, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. But how could Moses have simply destroyed the first set of tablets, things so holy that they contained the commandments written with the finger of God? Uh, we have a similar problem in the apostolic scriptures. God sent his only son into the world to be received by mankind. He was to establish his rule over the nations beginning with Israel. He spent the bulk of his ministry teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God and how sincere repentance could bring its establishment in their lifetime. His message was, slide 8, Repent, because the kingdom of God is on the brink of arrival. However, as we know, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. His original mission to establish the physical kingdom in Israel was pushed back, 
and a new plan was put into action. He laid down his life on the cross. Most people think that Yeshua went to the cross because God never intended to establish an earthly kingdom. But God gave us a chance to allow him to rule over us, and we blew it. Therefore, in Yeshua, God had to break that precious and holy gift he had sent to his people because we were not worthy, just like those waiting for Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. But just as the children of Israel were given a second opportunity to receive a second set of tablets, an opportunity filled with grace and forgiveness, uh, so have we been given the hope of our Messiah's second coming. Hallelujah. Trying to hold it together up here, people. <laughs> Woo. When Israel sent Moses back up the mountain to receive God's original instruction that would be carved on new tablets, the children of Israel waited in, in anticipation. They maintained their purity and were vigilantly aware that their actions during this time period could dramatically affect how things played out in this second coming of the tablets from the top of Mount Sinai. Do we have this same awareness? What are we doing while we wait for our master's return? Yeshua told his disciples a parable to let us know what we should be doing. Slide 9. It doesn't say slide 9 in the Bible. It's me communicating with Shiloh back there. <laughs> guess you already knew that. Sorry. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. May we be found doing the will of our master until his return and may his return be speedily and in our day. Shabbat Shalom, Shavuot Tov. Thanks for putting up with me. Remember to tip your waiter and waitress. No, that's something else. And, and uh, here comes Elder Garrett to straighten things out that I just messed up. <laughs> Again, thanks for joining us for the Bates I Eat Messages podcast. This podcast is an extension of Bates I Eat Messianic Congregation, a group of Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, currently meeting in Verona, Virginia. If you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe and leave a review along with a five-star rating or give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening from if you're interested in learning more about the creator and his word from a messianic jewish perspective check out our website at baitsie.org for helpful resources and more information until next time shalom